How's it going? I'm Coco and... I am Mike. And we are bringing you Rock and Vino, a podcast about music and wine and how the two go so well together. And on the uh, on the new home, the Riff, I guess we'll call it the Riff Podcast Network. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm, I'm going to make it a thing now. We're going to make it a thing. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. It's Riff Magazine Online, your place for music reviews, album reviews, interviews on all things Bay Area and beyond. So yeah, you'll, you'll find us there. You'll find us on uh, wherever good podcasts are sold. Exactly. Be- I assume this is being sold. All the good spots. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking about the amazing, very perfectly for rock and vino, Bottle Rock, which is in wine country. A rock festival or a music festival in wine country. It's year five, I think? Year, year five. five six? Um, they're definitely established now. This is true. Um, and it's taken over by Live Nation. That is also true. So it's definitely upped its game from the first year. I, for people who don't know the background on the Bottle Rock Festival, year one... <laughs> They come strong. They did. They go crazy. Now, still at Napa Valley Fairgrounds. <laughs> go all out with huge lineup, comedians, everything you could ever imagine. Dave and Grohl. Dave Grohl, this is true, yes. And Dave, Dave Grohl. everything and Dave Grohl, which means you have everything. <laughs> it got off to a rough start. I will say, as a as a attendee of the festival, it was amazing. I thought that everything was fantastic. I was super excited about it. So... Unfortunately, behind the scenes, it was not as exciting for those folks. In comes year two. Mm-hmm. In comes David Graham and Latitude, I believe it was Latitude 38 Entertainment, something like that. But the great David Graham comes in. <laughs> Everyone knows the story of Bottle Rock, so everyone's writing it off. And this, The festival's done. They'll never pay it off. It's never going to happen again. And it is just every year become bigger and bigger and bigger and they've just figured it out and mm-hmm. it it's become an amazing festival for wine country and in northern california it is the place to be for sure can i give you a hot take uh, is it too early for a hot take uh it's never too early for a hot take yeah what's up i think this year's lineup of bottle rock mm-hmm. tell me if i'm wrong okay has surpassed outside lands you know um, it's been close. I think this year they put it over the over the top. With who? Who think? Who do you think puts it over the top? I think it's it's the good mix of headliners to mid level bands. I mean, you know, Muse, Bruno Mars, The Killers. Yeah, is, top I mean, level bands. Bruno Mars is killing it this Bruno year. Bruno Mars is killing. It. I'm That's sure true. Outside Lands would have loved to have Bruno Mars. This is true. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you look down at uh, at everyone playing, and you know, every day there's there's something for everyone, really. I true. Mean, well, okay, so one thing that I will say that I did notice this year that Bottle Rock is incorporating, which I feel like they, I'm not going to say they, they stole it from Outside Lands, but I'm going to say that they were inspired. And this is <laughs> uh, true to my heart, the dessert, the dessert, um, like, area. They have a Choco Lands? It's like, like, it's like a Choco Lands. Yeah, it's like a dessert. Exactly. So I'm like, you know what? That I is, miss this. That, so in that regard, yes, Bottle Rock is. They're up in their game. Okay. I'm Give on board with dessert. this. <laughs> it, the, if, for those who haven't been, your typical music festival setup, you know, the, you've got your big stages, you've got your small stages, but then, you know, the culinary and the food area, every restaurant in the area you can imagine ha- is serving up something. Exactly. Well, um, and I have to say, Bottle Rock definitely brings the best food. You have this is true. Morimoto, you have all these high-end, amazing restaurants that you couldn't get into. I mean, they're hard to get into, and they're really expensive, but now they have this amazing food truck where they're modifying their menu and bringing you this 
fantastic, delicious nibble that's affordable. That you I, can eat at, a, eat at a festival. I would give them credit. Because you, you think music festival, you think everything's pretty expensive and... You know, you're going to be out of money in the first 10 minutes. But the, for the restaurants that are there, everything is fairly affordable. It's not. I agree. It's not too much or not too over the top to where you've had two kebabs and you're tapped out. <laughs> exactly. And the nice thing about Bottle Rock, too, is that regardless of where you go, you know, you're going to get some great music. You're going to ab- absolutely get some fantastic wine and, of course, some amazing food. So it's a win-win in all of my top departments, all my little top things that need to get hit, food, wine, music. There you go. Now, line up this year. Who are your highlights? Okay. So, you know, I definitely would. I've seen the killers before. I saw them at Coachella. They were absolutely amazing. So I'd love to see them again. Um, Muse, Fantastic. Bruno Mars. Um, I actually do really like Hasley too. And of course Snoop Dogg. I mean, right? You can't like can't not not like Snoop. Who doesn't like Snoop Dogg? Um, Incubus, love them. I've been a fan of them for years. I do have oh man, the last time I saw Incubus, it was not a good experience, but not because of the band. So I essentially oh. had <laughs> essentially I had an along came Polly moment um, at an Incubus show. So if you're familiar with that movie, it's essentially the scene where Ben Stiller is playing basketball and <laughs> and he turns and unfortunately finds his face against the sweaty chest of some man. Oh. So here I am. I'm going to this Incubus show and I'm in the back and I decide I want to get closer. So I make my way through the crowd and as I'm doing that, this sweaty, gross dude ugh, is with a white t-shirt drenched in his sweat is just barreling through the crowd trying to get through and he just bumped he just literally like in my face and i was like oh my god this is so disgusting so i literally like tried to scratch my lips off there's really no washing that off i mean that takes a week that that i know (laughs) there's no recovering the concert experience that night no you are drenched in concert goer yeah it's gross (laughs) All right, moving on from that <laughs> amazing experience. Um, Thievery Corporation, actually, I saw them live a while ago. They're amazing. Michael Franti, he always brings it. Um, Alice Merton, I'm super excited for her. I, I um, have listened to her EP. Um, I loved her song, No Roots, when that first came out. And, um, and everything I've heard, I've, I've watched her on YouTube, some live concerts, and I'm super excited to see her live. She was just on one of the late night shows and just was amazing. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> phenomenal. Manchester Orchestra, love them too. So yeah, lots of really, really just great artists that, I mean, I'm super excited about. How about you? I, I agree on Muse. Muse is your festival band. For I'm sure. The big, kind of over-the-top, bombastic arena stadium rock show bombastic bombastic i like that that's a good the word. bombastic sounds <laughs> of muse yeah uh they're the highlight on day one for me uh day two there's a lot to see uh, again snoop dogg you can't go wrong with snoop dogg I mean, whether you know a song or not right. it's always a party is snoop on the culinary stage this year snoop well? i believe is on the culinary is he stage with martha again i don't uh, i don't believe so oh man it would be worth doing that but again <laughs> really would be uh, bleachers on Saturday. I ah. can't recommend bleachers higher, uh, more highly. Jack Antonoff, yeah, just kind of awkward guy, just destroys it on stage. It's amazing. They're so good. Just high energy. I think, again, bombastic. I'm gonna say bombastic again. 
Okay. They're bombastic. I, I love it. Love it. <laughs> and cool. uh, the best part about some of these festivals are seeing people that you're less familiar with. I mean, you mentioned Alice Merton. I mean, I'm yeah. aware of her, but never seen her live. Uh, I've heard a lot about Lake Street Dive. They're supposed to be great live. Yeah. Would love to see them. And Amy Shark. Amy Shark. Amy Shark. That's right. Yeah, she's also on my list. Definitely. Yeah, so lots lots to see all three days. I'm super excited. So let's talk about some vino, right? Vino. So, I mean, there is vino there. There's a lot of wine. Um, lots of amazing wine. And they're. I think they're doing it differently this year. I'm not sure. But typically in years past, essentially, the wine is on the perimeter of where the stages are. And it seems like this year they're going to be, they're going to have a wine, um, like a wine village. Oh, really? Putting them all in one place? I think so. That's what it sounds like, but I'm not sure. I guess we'll find out when we get there. It seems to me like they're they're doing something different. So according to this lovely email that I got, um, it says that they're going to be now featuring a wine garden with 22 of their winery partners located in the heart of the festival. And each winery is going to be featuring one wine. One wine. So one wine. Interesting. I'm like, I want more than one wine. Hmm. What if I really like your brand and I want, like, what if I don't like your Chardonnay? What if I want your Pinot? Interesting. You know? I'm, I'm curious to see how this works. So it says you're never too far away from your favorite glass of wine, which, I mean, I like that. So we'll, we'll see how that is this year. They better, better bring enough of their one wine or they're going to have no wines. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, but it does seem like they are focusing on some of their other other alcohols. So craft beer, bourbon. They're going to have a bourbon bar. This is true. Which is very exciting. And uh, Lagunitas is going to be there. Some cocktails. Love it. Yeah, I believe we're... F- well, we're we're going to call it a live episode. We're we're taping a live episode out at Bottle Rock, and it's some of the things these I, I, not just wineries, but even some of the cocktail places. I believe it's the Hendrix Gin people have a three yeah. story mobile bar or something like that. That's with tr- the, yes, that's true. So it, they're planning some crazy things. So they are. It, it's, everyone's getting in the spirit of festival season. Do you know what? Want to know what I'm excited about? What's that? Okay. So I'm going to nerd out a little bit. Oh, because... a nerd alert. Do we have a sound effect for that? I don't know. <laughs> You're the one running the board. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. So the Minor Family Winery, who have been yes. huge in the world of Bottle Rock since day one. And they're just an amazing winery. They're fantastic. I'm super stoked to check them out. Um, so they have their Minor Winery stage, which they always do. So the tent they're going to have next to this stage is going to be featuring the Pacific Pinball Museum. And I am so excited. What? (laughs) The Pinball Museum? Well, yeah, yeah. So it sounds like they're going to have six pinball machines from the 70s and the 80s. Like, that's amazing. I'm stoked. That's where you're going to find me drinking my glass of wine, my one glass of wine (laughs) and (laughs) playing pinball. Wow. Yeah. Retro machines, too. Where has pinball come over the years? What what will you find on a 70s pinball machine? Well, you know, actually, pinball is quite controversial. Is it? It is. It used to be illegal. It actually just became legal. Yeah, this is true. It became legal, I want to say, like, in the the 70s again. And there are still actually some states that have regulations against pinball. Against pinball? Yes. 
I is know. it gambling? Yes. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Look at you, smart guy. Wow. Yeah, so it is interesting. I want to gamble on pinball now. I do, too. Jeez. Pinball's amazing. So for every, um, for my birthday, for as long as, oops. So for my birthday, for as long as at, as it existed, I guess, or as long as I knew about it, which was, I want to say it was like a three-year run, mm-hmm. they had the Pinball Museum at the Novato, or yeah, at the Novato Fair grounds. So I'd go every year for my birthday. Wow. So I'm, I'm excited to bring it back. I'm scratching. You can hear me scratching. I'm scratching <laughs> Muse off the list, and I'm just going to the Straight pinball to museum. Pinball. Yeah, there, there's no reason to see the bands now. It's true. Well, you know, actually, so a lot of musicians actually have ties to pinball. There's a pinball machine, uh, a Tommy pinball machine, the Who, and um, yeah, Metallica. Um, I think James Hetfield has some pinball machines in his home. It's like a thing, man. I, I think this podcast is going to be rebranded to Rock and Pinball. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm down. I love me some pinball. <laughs> There's a market there. Amazing. Yeah. So lots of amazing things at Bottle Rock. So pinball, food, wine, dessert. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for the dessert. It's called Sweet Street. Sweet Street? Mm-hmm. New in 2018. I am very intrigued by Sweet Street. Yeah, yeah. So it says satisfy your sweet tooth with special treat with, wow, Satisfy your sweet tooth with special treats on Sweet Treat. That's like a tongue twister, man. Like try that to say is. that like Good luck with times. that one. <laughs> that is some copy. So Johnny's Donuts, Ruru Juice, Vintage Sweet Shop, Humphrey Slowcomb Ice Cream, Marley's Treats. I wonder if that's like a Bob Marley treat, you know? Like, oh. like a special treat. <laughs> hmm. And uh, FK Frozen Custard Bars. Wow. I know where I like I'm, this idea. I know where I'm going. <laughs> Getting your Bob Marley treat and then going to the pinball machine. Super exciting. <laughs> so I'm super excited for Bottle Rock. They're also, dude, did you know that they have a spa? I did not know they, they had a spa. They sure do. Okay. Yeah. So I, I might be hitting that up. Jeez. Exactly. So they have a ton of stuff. So the thing with Bottle Rock that I love is that they really are incorporating like so much into one space. And so like your festival experience really can be jam packed with just like a ton of stuff that you can just fit right in. Are they bringing back? I, I have to think they are. What? One of my favorite things with it. I first learned about at Bottle Rock that it was even a thing. I'm probably behind Oh my on gosh. This. I know what you're talking about and I'm super jealous and I'm doing that. It, uh, the silent disco. Oh, they are bringing back the silent disco. It is. It is the most entertaining people watching I've ever done. <laughs> I'm sure it, it, for the it. Honestly, I'm, I love the silent. I love the silent disco. It's the most amazing thing ever. It's, and it, they it, are. Yes. If you don't know what the silent disco is, mm-hmm. uh, basically you walk in, you get your pair of headphones. Apparently, sometimes there's multiple DJs. It's uh, yeah, it, it depends on, and then you change your headset color to change match it, with that exactly. DJ. So everyone can be listening to the same DJ or different DJs mm-hmm. and grooving out, <laughs> and nobody else knows what you're listening to. Exactly. You could be listening to Rock and Vino in your headphones and grooving out. <laughs> it, <laughs> so actually, yeah. So it's the fifth straight year that they're doing the silent disco. And it's produced by Hush Concerts, and it is powered by Kaiser Permanente. (laughs) (laughs) A natural sponsorship. Right? I'm like, are they promoting, like, safe hearing? I don't know, but you're wearing a headphone. (laughs) It's cool, though, right? Cool, Kaiser. Good good on you, KP. I love it. (laughs) Live well and thrive. (laughs)
Exactly. Now, what was... I, I, uh, I stepped on you before. What? There was when I said something I found at Bottle Rock. Oh, there. yeah. So I think it, I'm pretty sure it was at Bottle Rock. Um, the TSA pre... Yes. <laughs> yes. I was so jealous because I went on a flight like very shortly mm-hmm. after and I needed that, that TSA pre-approval, whatever it's called, site thing. It, in the same vein of the silent disco brought to you by... KP was Bottle Rock brought to you by the TSA. <laughs> I don't know the connection, but yeah, they had yeah. they brought out the full trailer and you uh, you gave them all your life information and <laughs> uh, they give you the uh, the, the TSA the, pre the, the, the pre check the, the pre check the get out of jail free card the right the don't get patted down card and I definitely needed that last year so I am going to be bringing my passport and every other you know important piece of documentation. Documentation in my life. As that. one does at a music festival. <laughs> exactly. What could go wrong? <laughs> so, yeah, that's amazing. Um, okay, let's talk about the culinary stage. What's going on there? Yes, the culinary stage lineup. One of the, I, I, let's say underrated parts, because I, I don't think people necessarily think of the culinary stage going to a festival, but it's a lot of fun. It's a ton of fun. And sometimes you actually, if you're close enough, you get to eat the food. This is true. Right? Prepared by Chef Gordon Ramsay. Or Martha Stewart or Snoop Dogg. I like that this year's lineup. They always definitely go out of left field. There's always like I mean, this year your headliner, one of your headliners, Trisha Yearwood at the culinary. Stage? Yes, yes, but yes. But she's not even performing. There's like no country music on uh, her. It, apparently, she does culinary things. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited to see what she can cook for. Maybe some fried chicken. There you go. Do we get Trisha Yearwood, Gina De Laurentiis, Masahiro uh, Masa? Oh, good lord, Masahiro Morimoto. Is that well, how you say his name? We're gonna say Morimoto. Morimoto. Morimoto is on. Yeah, there. I mean, every, that's all you need to know. Halsey, Snoop Dogg, George Lopez, Sean White. Sean White. Sean White. I love Sean White. Barry Bonds. Why not? Oh, and your isn't your favorite dude on there? Um, that like. Oh my God! What's his name? The newscaster guy. Oh my God! You're right. <laughs> the great Mark Abanez from, K- yes, from yes. KTVU, the one, the only Mark Abanez, is one of your, shall we call them performers? On the, we're going to say performers on the culinary stage. If you're like a Bay Area person, dude, you know Mark Abanez. Like Pet, Petaluma's own Mark Abanez. What? What? Right. You know it. <laughs> I hope they pair him with Warren G and E40. <laughs> oh, yes. That. <laughs> the perfect mix. Would be amazing. I love it. All right. So, okay. So one thing, one other thing that we wanted to chat about here is our festival pet peeves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everyone, lo- I mean, music festivals are fun. They are. They're also a little bit of a drag just because they're just humongous events. So yes. there are parts of them that are less fun than others. Mm-hmm. W- would you like to start? No. Okay. I want you to start. All right. I, I've, <laughs> I've been holding on to this one. Yeah, I, I do have one, but I feel like yours is going to be better. So let's just go with that. <laughs> so I don't know if this has become more of a thing. I've seen it more over the past couple of years than in my early festival life. <laughs> but it at last year's Outside Lands... It was the first time that I noticed this happening was 
I, I will say Outside Lands has a little younger crowd in general than Bottle Rock, maybe. It's very millennial. It, very, It's very millennial. Mm-hmm. It is the millennialist of the festivals. Yeah, I think people were literally like in like, um, like zebra onesies this or something like last year. Exactly. Yeah. So the trend last year, it, it just in watching people watch bands <laughs> was... People, instead of watching the bands, Mm -hmm. the point was showing the rest of the world Mm -hmm. how much fun they were having watching the bands. Mm -hmm. So you've got these kids, which makes me feel really old to say, (laughs) I feel ancient. But during these sets, you've got the uh, groups of people all with the cell phones out, all on Snapchat, like the whole set, like not like, hey, here's one we're having fun. Like the entire set is a constant video of not even the band, just the front facing camera of them like grooving out on whatever song's with going their on. Friends. Yeah, with their friends mm-hmm. just screaming into the kid. Like, who is the audience for that? Even their friends are like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't need to see your face. Like, I want to see the band. Exactly. Okay? <laughs> so by the 465th snap, I think people know you're at a music festival. Yeah. So it's well, it and, throws you off watching. You're trying to watch whatever bands on. You're like, what is going on over here? <laughs> so I would say very much in that vein. I agree. That's super annoying. And so the other thing that just frustrates me about festivals, but I guess this can be somewhat rectified if you were like a VIP, you know, and had like the money to spend on that experience where you had like the viewing deck. Mm. But even then, not really, because those people aren't paying attention either. They're like Snapchatting as well. They just paid more money to do it. But um, like... So these people who are technically just there to be seen Mm. are in your way and you're an actual like fan and you're trying to like actually see the artist and the musician sing along to their songs, show them some love. Because nobody, no musician likes to sing to a a crowd that's not like paying attention. Right, right. right. So um, for me, that's my biggest pet peeve is like, I don't want your big head in my face if you're not really like watching the band. If you're not a fan or if you are just there about being seen, go to the back, dude. Like go in the back. Let me have my fun up front. Let me sing along. Let me have a good time. Let me dance. Don't look at me if I'm weird, if I'm like dancing and having a good time. And so that that's what I would say. It's like my biggest, one of my biggest pet peeves. As I well. think you see that most with, because I'd say most festivals have kind of the, the legend, you know, the more sort of the older performer. I, I mean, in Bottle Rock's past, you've had Stevie Wonder. You've totally. had uh, Tom Petty. Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it uh, Elton John at Bottle Rock or people like that? I, I think that's when you get that kind of crowd who are just like. Was Elton John at Bottle Rock? Did I miss that? Outside Lands. Oh, outside I, I'm mixing my metaphor, oh, my okay. metaphorical festival. I was like, wait, did I miss him? Okay, <laughs> but I, I but think that's right. those are the him. when people are like, I'm here, just to say I'm here. <laughs> right, right, and it's fun. I mean, festivals have kind of become that thing. Like Coachella is more of a fashion show than it is about really anything else. It's like it's like just saying that you were there. And now there's like even a whole like hashtag for like saying that you're not there, like no cella. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so silly. So silly. It's like, yes, it's a cool spot. When I went to Coachella back in like 2009, I did not, I had no idea that it was like, it, it's not definitely wasn't to the extent that it is today with 
being like a fashion show, but it definitely was sort of along those lines. I thought we were going into the desert camping and watching some music. And so I literally brought like no makeup, like camping clothes. And I got there and I'm like, oh my God. Little did you know. Can you please give me some makeup? (laughs) I need some mascara, please. (laughs) I like the anti-festival movement. (laughs) Yeah. Snapchatting yourself, reading a book. Right. No jello. No jello. But with that, the, the thing that I do love about festivals is I do love being able to, for one, being able to experience all these different musicians, all these different foods, all these different wines in one place, in one very short time, right? So I think that's super cool. There's been a lot of bands that I never would have seen. Like I never would have gone to go see Thievery Corporation, let's say. And I saw them at Coachella like a long time ago. So now I'm super excited to see them at Bottle Rock. Like that's super rad. So I think I think those are some of the amazing things that festivals do bring is, is the ability to experience a lot in a relatively short amount of time or in one space. So one place that I give Bottle Rock a ton of credit is especially like the early in the day uh, lineups when you don't necessarily know who the people are. You just Mm kind of walk from stage to stage and see what's going on. And you're exposed to so many different sounds and bands and so many different things that you would never, like you would never open up your Spotify and find this artist it's just you find new things that you never knew existed and i there's so many bands that i've seen like on some random stage at bottle rock where i have to say this is amazing this is so good definitely and uh, yeah and it's cool too to see like to see them bring bands that maybe like you love that like are not big and then you see other people get exposed to them and like you know that this is their time their first time seeing that band and like they're they're falling in love with that band and you get to see that, which is really cool too. Like last year they had Highly Suspect, which is one of my favorite bands. And like I'd seen them many times before, love all their albums, they're amazing dudes. And um, I was rocking out. And so it was so cool to be able to see other people. Like their stage, they were on the Lagunita stage, went from, I think there was kind of a buzz though, definitely around them. So there was Mm -hmm. a good crowd, but as the band was playing, I definitely noticed that that crowd got thicker and thicker and thicker and harder to walk through. Exactly. For sure. So that was really cool to see. Yeah. You get the effect of the, what is that? The cattle effect? I don't know. I think people are like, oh, something <laughs> is going on over here. Yeah. And it just grows and grows and grows. And yeah. Yeah. It, it's a cool phenomenon. I agree. <laughs> So with that, I'm super excited. So that Bottle Rock is Memorial Day Memorial Day weekend um, at the Napa Valley Fairgrounds, right? And they do have shuttles, which I think is also kind of cool too um, for people that want to go and don't know where to park. They park far away because there's not really a lot of parking close by. This is true. It's it's a hoof. You're now, hoofing it. Does So I also noticed with some of the other festivals we've gone to, um, there are some rules and regulations with regards to the uh, bags that you can bring in. This is true. It's, so I don't know if Bottle Rock, ha- I don't think so. I I don't think they're on the uh, the, the clear bag, <laughs> yeah, right. the clear bandwagon right. bag. Okay. So bag wagon? The bag wagon. The bag wagon. That's a new term. Hashtag bad bag wagon. Should mention, the festival is sold out. Yes, it is. So... If you're listening, hopefully you're going, but yeah. but if you're not, 
uh, Bottle Rock offering a their own version of StubHub. Apparently, if you go on the Bottle Rock, if you're just if you have to be there, if you must see Bruno Mars, you go to the Bottle Rock website. People who can't go selling their tickets, that's probably your best in, unless you want to jump the fence. I, I think going through the website is probably a smarter idea. Yeah, and yeah, the cool thing is is that these festivals are selling out and. Bottle Rock is actually presenting something later on in the year, the Sonoma, Har- the Sonoma Harvest Music Festival, which is in September at Beer Cone Winery. And this is actually the first time, I want to say, in what, three years that Beer Cone is having music back at that's their right. winery. So that's super cool as well. And again, it's great to see this sold out. I, in like the first day, I think. Yeah. It, amazing. Mm-hmm. All uh, to even add on to that, they <laughs> were just showering Bottle Rock with love here. But uh, pairing with wineries, I believe they're also doing a summer concert series where at different wineries they've got artists playing. Oh. And yeah, I can't think what the name of it is, but okay, just the Bottle Rock Empire grows. They they're really bringing music and wine together, and I love it. All right. Well, we are going to be at Bottle Rock. So for the whole weekend, representing Rock and Vino, as well as, of course, Riff Magazine. So doing some show reviews and hopefully some artist interviews. And we will be doing a recap um, for our next episode. So we hope to see you there and we hope that you'll join us on the next episode. So next episode, Bottle Rock recap. Some interviews, some craziness. I think there's gin involved. I'm not sure. In the meantime, check out rockandvino.com, R-O-C-K-N-V-I-N-O, or check out Riff Magazine online at riffmagazine.com. All the good stuff I mentioned earlier, you got your album reviews, concert reviews, interviews, all kinds of good stuff from the Bay Area and beyond. Until then, I am Mike. I am Coco. Cheers, everybody. Ooh, I'm blue.